0: context is, 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 is important. It's in where you have this inherent desire to like search for context for safety, right? For, for understanding, for guidance, for meaning, for purpose, right? You mean we look outside of ourselves
1: for all those things? Meaning? Understanding, you have to understand the context you're in. You're in to why am I
0: having this experience? Mm -hmm. What does it mean? All of these things, right? Yeah, significance. Uh And I guess what I'm trying to figure out is you know, we can try very hard for those things and we may get some we may come to some conclusions or some awareness that will help us get context or meaning over our experience right but But if, like, you know, fundamentally we're just consciousness and that's, like, the context, there's no dualism or, or whatever, isn't that the context that we should always be trying to, like, be in as opposed to finding context from, like, a more distorted level of understanding? You mean like,
1: you should just go all the way back to the source? Because that's the real context, right? It's the deepest, biggest, most meaningful context. It's just consciousness itself Right. From which we all came. Right. Because so people don't
0: go back far enough to the source. Right. Because if we're if we're constant if we're constantly just satisfied with our current context or understanding or meaning for our experience or whatever, then that's all it'll ever be. It's limited. Right? And it's almost like if if we, if we stay in that context too long, then it it becomes part of us or something. You know? Like, part of our... Like, it's, we become it too much. So, like, an example of a... Sp- A too small
1: context would be your family or your story, your personal story,
0: or even the world the way it is. Sure. Or like any kind of, any kind of suffering or struggle, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, You know, if... If my context for struggle, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in the area of like, um, you know, profession or my profession or something, or like mm-hmm. trying to make it like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Be successful. Do something meaningful. Right. Professionally, if that's the largest context you're thinking of, then you're missing the point—the larger point.
0: Right. Well, and I think about like how what we've done here, you know, just like with our work, has has been definitely an experience for me where there's been a context and I've had meaning for purpose and. It's been a context for a while, but at some point I, it changed. Not because I necessarily wanted it to, because I liked the context and the meaning and purpose that I was like, that I was working from. There was a lot of ego identification with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was getting a lot of juice out of that. Your work doing therapy? Or Or even building a business or whatever. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. but at some point. I had I had to realize that that wasn't like things were going to require me to have a different context for it to grow and be meaningful. So what's, what's like a larger
1: context than your professional setting? Like, what are you talking about? Is that, is that a good way to say it? Like you, you have to think like of a larger context or do you think of it differently? Like what do you mean? Well, like, it seems like you're saying, like, if it's all about you doing therapy, then that's limited, right? right. It's bigger than that. Sure. It's got to be bigger than that. If it's all about real-life counseling or whatever your business is, then that's that's limited. Like, it's, that's just a small little, that's a very small world that you live in. Mm-hmm. That's your, that's a very small context. Right. If you, if you think of success in quotation marks um, as just being a successful therapist or being a successful, having a successful business, then it's not, you're not thinking big enough. Like it's not, I mean, that's part of how you're manifesting the greater consciousness or whatever, but the con- the consciousness being the, the largest context there is, I guess. I mean, it's so much bigger than that, than just whatever you're doing in your profession. Right. What you're doing, what you're doing in your profession probably doesn't matter quite as much as you think it does. Right. Even though it feels like it does matter a lot
0: yeah it's in some ways it makes things more you know that larger context makes things more complex but it, it seems like for me it, it, in, in more ways it makes things seem much more simple because then I just think in terms of of beingness, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Here we go, the beingness. We always have to talk about the beingness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you if you're just focused on being consciousness, or that, that's your you're always connected to the great consciousness, then all you have to do is be. Right. You can just be, I mean, if that's your context, the largest context is just that you're being this, then that's all you have to do. Like, it does make things more simple. I mean, you still have to go to work, but well, you don't have to, but
0: you might as well Well, that's <laughs> go to work, do your tasks. But that's a perfect way to say it, though. You, 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 you might as well. You know, because then you might as well
1: just sit and do nothing. I mean, either way, like... Right.
0: Which... They're both decisions. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, that's... That's a hard thing, I think, for people to come to. I know that it's not been easy for me, for sure. And I wouldn't say that it's... I'm at any point of mastery at all, but I feel like sometimes I can, I can touch that. You know, yeah, there's been, I think so, probably in this last couple of years, this shift in, it's, it's very difficult to describe it, like. Um. There's there's been this sh- kind of energetic sh- shift where I think I've been always, whether it's driving down the street or sitting with a person or doing whatever, that my energy or my my consciousness has been focused outward, you know, and it's been. focused on you know what is happening or or what is not and how I feel about it and as I feel like that's kind of changing <laughs> okay to to what to where the focus is not projected outwardly. It's the focus and the energy and the presence stays here. Within. Within. Yeah. Like I'm not projecting my beingness outward, outwardly anymore. My beingness stays within itself. Contained. Contained. And. I think what happens is, is that then I'm more in unison with everything, as opposed to me just projecting my beingness onto everything else. Because when I was doing that, it just caused, I I think, a lot of just disappointment and unhappiness. Yeah.
1: Do do you think that's, like, the remaining contained, do you think that's differentiation?
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, that's a level of differentiation that you that you're not reading about much in you know therapy books. I mean, mm-hmm. the concept is the same, but I think what we're talking about is that's probably one of the deepest deepest levels of differentiation that you can that you can do. I I think I don't know that, but yeah. You just—you're not your—you're you're not projecting your beingness onto anything, mm-hmm. because maybe you know. It's the, the instant you do that, then it creates a dualism. But if your beingness is contained in itself, then it's almost like you. Have joined in with the rest of, like the bigger beingness, you know. What do you mean? It creates a dualism. Well, the tree doesn't project its beingness on on, on the on the bush next to it, does it? <laughs> no. No. the The tree is just in just its a, own just a tree, right? Yeah, and it it's in its own beingness, right? Right next to the bush, right bush isn't projecting its beingness onto the tree, right? And so as they're in their own beingness, then they become one, then they're one. But if the bush decides to project its own beingness onto someone else, then it becomes bush and tree.
1: It's two things. It's trying to be two things rather than one. Right. Than just itself.
0: Right. That's where the dualism comes. I see. But that's such a subtle process and something that I'm trying to continue to learn more about. It's that subtle process of not projecting my beingness onto anything.
1: So, does that mean you're not demanding anything of anyone? You're not uh, seeing yourself in them? Or worrying about what they think? or Right.
0: And what's weird is that when I I really feel like I'm in that space. I feel like that's pretty recognizable in another person as well, but even then, maybe on some level, that's projecting. What's recognizable? Just that inherent beingness that's shared in all of us, I think. Yeah. But it's a difficult thing to... Well, it's it's difficult and it's easy, but it's such a subtle process, you know, to pay attention to. Just being comfortable within yourself. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's bigger and deeper than just an intellectual... Process. It's not like,
1: oh, it's not a cognitive exercise no. to just yeah be okay
0: with yourself, right? It's because like a, then if it's if it's just a cognitive intellectual process, then you're just always thinking about the things you're at odds with, and just thinking about how you're going to accept them and let them. that's not what we're it's just about. exchanging one
1: set of thoughts for another, which right. is not really the goal right or the exercise the exercise is a whole being thing It's mental emotional, spiritual, physical all at once It has to be a whole a whole being thing right is that right yeah yeah. So, and you think having your mind on or just being focused on the consciousness, the great consciousness, is the way that you can do that. The, great, the greater context is the great consciousness. And if you're connected with it, then you're just being this, your whole being. And then you're not projecting yourself onto other things or other people. You're just remaining within yourself.
0: It seems that way. So, like, you know, when you're in that space, your mind isn't focused on anything. It's just quiet. It's like the your mind just goes away. What does
1: that mean? Because people might be scared off by that idea that they will be mindless it right. sounds it sounds a little strange to people because this is the same idea in meditation, for instance, of becoming mindless or having no thoughts, or you know even mindfulness sort of gets at the same um just trying to sort of still your mind, mm-hmm. you know? So like, explain that a little bit more, you, you know, are there, are there any thoughts that enter your mind? Is it kind of like becoming like having a lobotomy and becoming, an, you know,
0: it's a like non-person to like, exist? Yeah. I, I think mean, what that's, is it? I think that's the, I think that's the fear and I know exactly what that, what that feels like but so the way I experience it you know like this is just this is just my experience and you know we go back and forth between this experience and being all wrapped up in our brain or whatever but (laughs) you know I I don't need I don't need my I don't need my brain to tell me that I'm enjoying something or that, or that I'm enjoying or that I think that the, um, that the image of a, of a mountain stream is beautiful. I don't need a thought to come up into my mind mm-hmm. to experience the pleasure of that in my beingness right it's just
1: there in fact that the thought takes away from the enjoyment of it's just extra right um, attributing some kind of meaning or something that is unnecessary when you're just like Enjoying something. The happiness researchers call it being in the flow. Like Seligman. You're not really having any awareness or thoughts about anything. You're just in the flow with whatever you're enjoying. Right. The waterfall or the sport that you're playing or the work that you're doing even. Mm-hmm. The relationship that you're currently interacting in it's all just the flow which is your you being in touch with your own consciousness contained within yourself but not really thinking
0: right we just being yeah we don't we don't need we don't need yeah. to. We don't need to have thoughts for experience. Right.
1: You can just be in. Like when you're a kid. When you're a little kid, you just do stuff. It's just fun. You don't think about it. You just do it.
0: Right. You just play. Right. You just build things. And that's all out of just... Joy. It's joy. Being... Right. And that, that happens from within the context of just beingness or consciousness there's no you know i think i think it can be scary uh to let ourselves settle into that because there's maybe a feeling that there will be a lot of control. Lost. Lost, you know. And we've built these huge, big, busy lives, right, where the main thing that we need in these huge, big, busy lives is what? Control. So Mm -hmm. if we, you know, these people who lead these big huge busy lives need control to maintain them and direct them (laughs) why it's 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 a scary prospect to entertain the idea that no uh, it's not necessary
1: (laughs) it's not necessary to control your environment or your success or where you're going, you just let, you can let go of all of that and just be, and that doesn't mean you have to stop doing
0: it, anything, really, I mean, you're going to stop doing some things probably if you do this, but that's true, I think that some people are scared of that, is that there, there will be some things that fall by the wayside, and yeah, for sure, people are scared of that. And if they don't feel like they have any control uh, over what that is then there's just this you know, and it's connected to just this fear of not existing.
1: The fear of not existing. It's sort of the core fears. Maybe the core fear. I would say the core fear. I would think. I think. And if people aren't having control over their lives and exerting their will on the world around them, maybe the projection you were talking about, projecting themselves onto things, then they'll feel like they're going to cease to exist. When actually the opposite is true. They're going to exist more so connected with the larger beingness or consciousness that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, people are definitely scared of just being. Right, because it's not... It's not quantifiable, it's not... Well, within scientific kind of tangible standards, really. But... Right, I mean... Beingness doesn't have much to do with... The small self.
1: Yeah, it's be it's it's being more connected with the larger self, which is not yourself. It's the great.
0: It's the great self, self the right. great
1: consciousness, God,
0: beingness. And we can awaken to that, I think, in a lot of different ways. You know, I think there are a lot of people that think that you have to just, okay, live this solitary life and (laughs) meditate forever. Meditate 12 hours a day. Or go and do all of these extreme things to awaken to that. And, you know, some people probably do. But, like, you and I have a very different experience, I think, in regards to, you know, you have a family and, you know, wife and children and you have a different kind of capacity. And so that's been probably a big aspect of how you've woken up to that, you know. Yeah. And I'm, my capacity is different, you know, I don't have that and. How you've gotten there is different. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, let's talk about some of the ways that people can get to that in their everyday, ordinary lives. Because we have ordinary lives. We don't go up to the mountainside to meditate every day for hours at a time. Right. We have jobs. We have homes. We have relationships. Sure. We hang out with people. We have to pay bills and do tasks so just like everybody else so I think but I think one of the ways that people do awaken to themselves as connected with the larger self, the larger consciousness is through their pain you could call it stress and through grief so it kind of Strips away the things that the smaller self, the ego, is concerned with.
0: Well, but how how does that work
1: for you, though? Well, like every day I wake up, I have stress. Um, Or, say, a worry. Or a guilt. Or a pressure. That's, you know, my schedule. Or some things that I have to do, the tasks that I have to complete. And um, it all affects me in some way. You know, the pressure is something that sort of like, I don't know, it just kind of presses against my ego, my my small self, What I what I want, you know, if I want to achieve certain things during the day, you know, like I want to just sort of, do something that I enjoy, but the pressures or the stress presses against that because there are things I have to do rather than things that I want to do. But those stresses or those pressures um, and, and just the small, dull pain that exists because them can help me to see And help to strip away the the ego. The small self. And just. That's that's what happens every day. We experience pain. We experience limitation. We experience weakness. We experience anxiety, worry, stress. Everybody does. And then. It reminds me of my small self. And how tightly I hold to it.
0: But how have you been able to. how have you been able to dif- to be differentiated from that painful experience? Because I think it can be difficult for some people to differentiate from that because that's all they're experiencing. They- there's not an awareness or a differentiation of anything outside of that. So it's hard for them to mm-hmm. be able to get perspective or some degree of differentiation from that that's just what they're in that's all that exists in their consciousness right so how how to what would you say to those to to those people i would say that we all
1: have at some point in our lives experienced the larger self. We know, I mean, and you could just go back to like the things that you really enjoy, like when you're in the flow and you're just doing something that you love to do. Um, Or you can think back to when you were a kid and you just played and you enjoyed something for its own sake. Um, You just built you know, a blanket fort because it was fun, you know? And you were just in the flow. You weren't thinking about anything but the building of it, you know? We've all been in touch with that. That's being in touch with the larger consciousness. It's having no thought of yourself. It's just being. So it's always accessible. Yeah. Everybody's had it. Everybody knows it. And and we get lost in the small self. We get lost in the stress and think that it's it's the only thing that we can experience, especially as
0: adults. Yeah. But how would you, how would you give someone like practical advice to start? Let's say someone, you know, is listening to you talk and say, look, I'm just going to be honest. I am totally identified with the smaller self. Mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying to me. I believe that but how can I start doing something in my life to start being in remembrance of that or start uh, tapping into that more consciously? It's got to be a conscious effort, right? Sure. How, you know, what would you... You have to start with the...
1: You have to start with the small self. The small self makes itself known Mm. through the pain. It says i don't like this i don't like having a job i don't like having stress i don't like having things that i have to do and so i would just say start there i mean every everyone knows what it's like to be part of the larger self to be in touch with the larger consciousness but the small self grows you know and gets louder as we get older and then you know it starts to make itself known through the pain that we experience, and, and so I would just say start with the, the painful experience. Start with your complaining ego, and, and be aware of it. Give a voice to it. Give a voice to it. It says, "I don't like to go to work." It says, "I don't want to do these things." Um, and part of stripping it away and you know getting back to just the beingness is. Being aware that it's the small self, the ego, is ever active. It's,
0: you know, as long as you're human, you're going to have it. So, calling it out, being aware of when it is doing its thing, and essentially consciously saying, this is what is happening. Yeah, you have to get to know it, in a way. Because...
1: Get to know what it sounds like, for sure. Because... That's the dif- that's the process
0: of differentiation.
1: People identify very closely with their small self, and they think it's who they are. They think their ego is actually themselves, but it's not. It's just. It's just sort of, I don't know
0: what it is. It's just a thing. Well, it's 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 like a culmination. It's essentially the kind of the way I understand. I don't know, but <clears throat> is. <clears throat> It's just, all, it's just a culmination of all of the programming that we've accumulated. Yeah, all of these ideas yeah. that we've accumulated along the way and all of the programming that we've, whether it be conscious or unconscious, mm-hmm. that's just being activated in the moment. Yeah, the programming
1: might be like what we've been taught we're supposed to be or what, what we've been
0: taught we're supposed to do to have success. You know, or or that's, what? That's yeah. the programming. Right or what media says is a happy life, or you know, tells us what what we think we want or how things should be. Yeah, what we're supposed to have. I can totally identify with that. You know, where and so what you're suggesting is consciously deciding to be in observance. To this small self. So that then what you're doing is cultivating a differentiation, Mm -hmm. but also in, like, consciously being an observance of this smaller self, you start to, over time, experience yourself as the observer of this thing that is happening in your consciousness that's over time as you continue to consciously do that and develop and cultivate it starts to be less and less real or yeah, I mean
1: you yeah you you could you could start writing down everything that you feel and think and and typically you're, it's going to start by you, you know your ego is going to be talking your small self is going to be talking and saying I don't like this I don't like that I feel hurt by this I feel afraid of that, you know, and uh you're giving a voice to it. Um and in doing that, you can eventually realize that those thoughts and feelings are just part of you. They're not you. Um and they're really what you're they're really kind of the dialogue or the monologue that your small self has within you, but you're actually not your ego. You're actually not the small self. You're actually part of a greater
0: much larger self-consciousness. It's almost kind of like I would imagine being a parent and having a two-year-old playing in the living room or whatever. You know, like on a Saturday, you're watching your two-year-old and it's having all of these reactions, like good and bad, and you're there watching, observing, really from this larger, more sophisticated perspective helping the two-year-old kind of mediating its experience right so in some ways it's kind of like doing the same thing for ourselves yeah just kind of observing ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah your ego is a lot like a Mm two-year-old
1: yeah and you can help sort of like coach it you definitely have
0: to observe it and realize it's part of you, you know, but it's not you. Yeah, I wonder if that will be, I mean, that's a good analogy for me to kind of hold on to, even though I'm not a parent to think about, okay, you know, when I have been in the, the presence of children or watching them, just observing them, you know, I have a larger context for what's going on, you yeah. know, I'm observing them but i'm connected to what they're experiencing and their you know what they're emoting and just helping them kind of mediate yeah, their figure it out their experience yeah and and in
1: doing so you know since you're a little bit more developed than a 2-year-old typically as an adult you're helping their them develop. You're helping their mind develop, their self-develop. Um, because you kind of understand they're, they're, there's a larger context to their world than just the room that they're in and the feelings that they feel and, and the thoughts that they think. Um, you can help them develop a little bit more sophisticated way of being in the world because you understand... And are connected with the
0: larger context, the larger consciousness. And you can only do that if, you're, if you can contain their experience, right? So your, your ability to contain their experience is key. What do you mean, contain it? To contain it or, or to hold it without oh, yeah. being... Accept it. Right without being sucked in or drawn into it. So (laughs) that's also the same thing we have to practice and cultivate for ourselves is this, we have to grow. We have to start consciously working on being aware of this smaller self so that our container can grow to hold it so that we're not just constantly unconsciously drawn into right. that and not constantly identified with it. Yeah, so you can
1: sort of take what your ego says and and y- and you have to pay attention to what it says and even give it a voice so that you can sort of accept it. You don't need to get rid of your ego. You mm. won't be able to do that anyway. Um, or reject it. You don't have to dismiss it in... in you know, it'll be worse, you'll be worse off if you try to do that. Um, it's important to, yeah, contain that ego and be able to kind of receive it even. And, and then you will be able to coach it just like the two-year-old, you know, if we don't accept the children for just what they feel and what they're experiencing at, at any moment, mm-hmm. we won't be able to coach them and help them develop. Same, same way with your ego, you know, um, and, and it is maybe not about helping your ego develop or grow necessarily, but it is about helping it learn that it is not, you know, actually myself. Like there's, there's a larger consciousness, which I'm actually connected with and defines me more so than my ego, but I have to be able to realize that my ego is active. It's part of me. Um, and it needs to you know, yeah, it does need to grow and learn, you know that it's not in in charge and and stuff like that, so
0: hmm so in some ways, there's a lot of parallels here to parenting, I think you know there's or terms like self parenting out there where. You have, some people call it the adult self or the wise self or whatever, mm-hmm. that really kind of is just another way of describing the larger self or the consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's difficult. It can be difficult, I think, because when we try to when we decide, okay, maybe this will be worth my effort, and we decide to shine the light of our awareness on this part of us, it can feel crappy. It can feel Mm. dirty. It can feel grimy and cheap and childish and all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what what can come are all of this whole other set of judgments and shame and criticism.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's so what I'm talking about accepting that your ego, you know, as just as you would accept, you know, at our, at our best as parents, we, we don't, uh, you know, think that way about our children, even though they're childish and they're selfish and they're, um, you know, just consumed with every little feeling that they have and stuff. Like, we have to accept them and we have to receive them to help them learn, you know, not, not necessarily how to feel, but what to do with the emotions that they have. Um, and it's the same with our egos, you know, our egos are maybe not our best selves. They're definitely not our fullest selves, but we have to be able to accept what they say and how they feel to be able to coach them and help them learn and develop, which is, which is hard. I mean, if you start writing down everything your ego says and read it back to yourself, like you're going to be disgusted with yourself and how selfish you are, and, you know, scared you are, and, you know, I mean, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really hard to shed light on that and look at it, Um, but that's the only way to help it, right, I mean, is is to engage
0: it, and. Well, sure, because then hopefully, eventually, at some point, it becomes less of this, arduous shameful experience of turning towards the ego hopefully it turns into a teacher yeah yeah a teacher and a tool yeah the ego Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well you have to you know there's there's really important um Ego death that needs to happen to give birth and awaken you to the larger self and consciousness and context that we're talking about.
0: Right. Yeah. So you need it. You do, and that reminds me of this uh, quote or something I I can't remember, but uh, from who it was. But basically, it was talking about you. You you can't realize the self or the larger self unless unless you're confronted with the non-self. Yeah. Like, you have to realize the bigger or the bigger self, you have to be in contact and you have to know with and be in tune with the non-self so that you can know the difference and differentiate. Yeah, it's weird. And that's like the... The task for us for evolution is to really not be confused between the self and the non self and to be the small self, right? Small self, large self, self. right? But we have to be. We have to be in contact with with the with the small self or the ego or the non self so that we can realize yeah the big self and we have to it's interesting we have to be willing to to look at that because if we don't then yeah
1: kind of goes back to the conversation that we had another time about you know just being human, you have to be human. You have to be in your body, even if it's just to realize that it's going to be discarded or, you know, um, that it's not really who you are ultimately, you know, you're really this larger, you're, you're just large part of this larger self. Um, and, but your, your humanness is what wakes you up to the larger consciousness because it feels pain. And because, You know, it has all of these really strange feelings, like having to go to the bathroom and feeling stress and anxiety and pain and all of those things. And and those are but those are the things that wake you up to the larger consciousness. They they remind you of your small self. You know, but but there's always this feeling too of there's something bigger like
0: that I'm connected with. I think. It seems like that's something that we're born with, is this sense that there's something bigger. You know? I think so.
1: I think everybody has... I think, I mean, kids don't even think about it. They're just in it. It's interesting. And then you grow up and you sort of like get too much awareness and too much consciousness and then you have to go back. In some ways, just a being. Um, But it's all important to do, you know. Well, we should probably wrap it up for today. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you'll find something of value in our musings. Wandering the cosmos.